place like home. Take me home. Homeward bound. I'm going home. God bless us, everyone. Hello, everybody. So delighted to be back with you with the Family Road Trip Podcast. I'll be home for Christmas. Wax on, wax off. Inconceivable. You never know what you're going to get. We're on a mission from God. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter in our four totally wonderful, totally awesome, totally heroic couples. So delighted to be with you guys. This is season three. For some of you are asking right now, what is this all about? Well, it's a third time we've engaged four heroic couples. And they're heroic, why? Because they've committed themselves to gathering on a weekly basis with their families to talk and pray. We say to put a flag in the sand, to make it meaningful. Let's acknowledge right up front, and we just have to keep doing this, that there's so many other things that compete for our attention and our affection. And often, even with our discretionary time, and most of us, let's face it, if you add up all the hours of sleeping and eating and work and everything else, most of us have about 30 plus hours a week. And it's worth asking the question, what do we do with that time? Advent goes, comes and goes by so quickly, and with all the craziness of shopping and presents and wrapping and food preparation and baking and this and that. It's time to just slow down and look and see what's most important and what those preparations truly are for and what preparation Mm -hmm. are we doing in a spiritual level. And we're responsible, especially those who have kids under the roof. The Lord has entrusted those souls to you. Now to make this particularly exciting we have this free chick-fil-a family challenge what is that awesome well you listen to tonight's program and you go to presentsforchristmas.com you'll see eight simple trivia questions if you answer them correctly you're entered to win a free chick-fil-a for the entire family so steph once you go through the questions from last week question number one who won the chick-fil-a trivia challenge week one the answer is Pat Fry, not the abominable snowman. Sorry, folks. That was a good It was a good choice. Number two, what impactful movie was shared by both Mike and Drew? Here come the Teletubbies. No, Braveheart. They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Great movie. We want to hear the Scottish accents next time. Number three, which word did Steph not want Greg to use in describing <laughs> the Waskovich children? Urchins. Nope. But if I'd said urchins, you would have reprimanded me I for that also. Probably brood. Yep. It's not a nice word describing children. I don't know why. Number four, what Christmas gift was recommended for Steve based upon his wife's favorite movie? Lightsaber, for nope. sure. Nope, nope. What not was it? Stretch Armstrong, not even a flux capacitating modulator. But. Sometimes you wear stretchy pants. Nacho Libre's tights and a cake. Nice. Number five, what was Teresa Grodi's beverage during the program? Scotch and whiskey. No. Beer, butterbeer. No. What was it? Wine. W-I-N-E. You know, it's because with little kids, and we love our little kids, it's escaping one wine for another. Number six. With affection. With affection. Where is Presents for Christmas taking place? Yes, you guys all got this. St. Joan of Arc. Toledo. And number seven, which song is used in the program? 
And out of the four wonderful choices, including another Teletubby option, <laughs> Getting Better by The Beatles. And then the daily question, number eight. So number eight, folks, we direct you to the Live It Gathering Guide. And uh, it's right there. It's linked there. If you get the trivia questions, it's easy to find. And that happened to be a daily question, which was, what is, I think it was, what, what is one thing you're grateful for? So, folks, there you have it. That is uh, last week's trivia questions. The winner was and is... The Hunterbrinkers, Brett and Ellen Hunterbrinker, who are actually in last season's uh, road trip podcast. And if you folks want to hear their wonderfulness, awesomeness, you can go back and listen to that at presentsforchristmas.com. You'll see the link along the side. So there you have it, folks. So with no further ado, so blessed to have you all along with us on this Family Road Trip Podcast Season 3. Wow, Steph, already we're at the third stop of seven stops. Uh, Advent right around the corner, so appropriate that we are calling this a great adventure. These four couples who've said yes to encountering God more fully alive in their marriages and homes. And we're going to begin tonight in asking a question of each of our wonderful sojourners. And that question is... What was a difficult thing in your childhood that made you stronger today? Let's begin with the Waskoviches. You try your hardest to leave the past alone. This cricket posture is all you've ever known. It is the consequence of living in between. The weight of family and the pole of gravity. Well, this is Janine, and a difficult thing that was in my childhood was that I was pretty quiet. Um, you know, like my parents would say, oh, she's just shy. And uh, going through high school, I think it was even harder just because it was very clicky where I went to school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like after I got out of high school and, and I had my friends and everything, but uh, I would challenge myself. And um, and I think I've become just a better person. I'm able to... Uh, look back and say, I made really good decisions and maybe it was good that I was kind of quiet. And, uh, and actually I'm there for my children too, that are, you know, struggling sometimes with high school and, and the clickiness and just making the right choices. What's remarkable, Janine, is I've come to know you better. You have great discretion in what you speak about, but those who know you best and love you for your willingness to speak truth um, when it's not going to be received so well. So somewhere in the midst of those years, you have found your voice also in speaking truth with love, even when it's difficult. So I, I, I affirm that, and I'm so grateful for uh, you sharing that. So Janine, I just want to comment on that and just affirm what I see as a, of a grace that has come perhaps from being quieter is just what a great listener you are, an active listener. Like it just seems like you're really, um, truly taking to heart what's going on around you and processing that. And that's a real gift that we are in great need of today. Everyone's so anxious to get their turn to say what they want to say and to get points across or to score points or whatever. And as Greg said, you know, praise God that you can speak the truth and, you know, discover your voice, have discovered your voice. But right alongside of that is that great gift of a true listener. Mike. Thank you. I'm one of four boys and uh, our family sport that we all rallied around year round without ever hesitation was soccer, spring, summer, fall, winter. And I just got sick of it. I I remember (laughs) 
I remember saying to my parents, I don't want to play anymore. And, and their, their response was pretty, was pretty black and white. It's what we do. If, if you're going to be in sports, that's what you're going to play. And I remember thinking, well, I don't want to play. And hmm. Well, no, you have to play. And it was probably about high school. I said, you know what? I'll continue to play, you know, honor uh, your parents as, as the um, Ten Commandments teaches us. But I said, you know what? In the spring, I'm going to try out for the tennis team. You can do whatever you want to do. Anything you want, you can do. You can ride a tiger or walk the dog. Didn't even know how to swing a tennis racket. Mm. Just played <laughs> all spring, all summer. Whenever I had some downtime between soccer games, I kept playing. I eventually made uh, the, the tennis team, became the captain of the tennis team. Cool. And it just really gave me a lot of energy and inspiration to say, you know what, I can do things that I want to do mm. and uh, use that uh, through my adult life. And it's really been uh, served me well. As a father now of eight beautiful children, um, have you found, um, I don't know, has that informed or instructed you a little bit in your fathering to help them maybe discover what might they might be called to uniquely instead of, so to speak, imposing it upon them? Absolutely. I would say, certainly with sports, I want them to try a little bit of everything. If they don't want to try something or they don't want to do something, I'm the first to say it, then you're not doing it. But probably more importantly, I have a couple in college and, and a few in high school, and I'm trying to get them to discover what they want to be when mm. they grow up. And, you know, hey, what feels right? What do you want to do? Don't worry about what I want you to do, besides eventually move out of the basement. And <laughs> you can close your eyes to the dark and make it bright. You can't stop the wrongs of the world you can make it right. Lasix. I think when I was thinking about this difficult thing in your childhood, um, I was having a difficult time coming up with something. Um, I had a great childhood and I couldn't think of anything that really made me stronger today. Um, and then I realized that it was probably a difficult thing that I didn't realize was that was going on in my home um, to where my family, I had a mom who stayed at home and I had a dad who ran his own business. And so what I did not realize is that financially it was a difficult time for my parents mm. raising three girls. Mm. So I didn't realize that until it was older that I could kind of start to see since I have a younger sister who's nine years younger than me, kind of what my parents did and sacrificed for us. Mm. So it helped me become stronger today that I can then focus on my family and I can not worry about the material things because my parents raised us not to worry about those material things. And um, so I think that just made me stronger as a person and um, in general for myself and then for the family and the kids that I'm raising also. Beautiful. That's awesome. Beautiful. Thank you. Drew. You hear me? We hear you loud and clear. Okay. I had started when I was like 12 or 13. I fell, fell in love with basketball. And it's probably my freshman year. We were going around playing Christian schools. Uh, I was averaging like 30 a game. And right at that point, I had an injury mm. where I popped my left shoulder out. Uh, and then it started, once you pop it once, you start hurting it all over. And then uh, popped out again. Then I popped my right one out. Ouch. And that was about Ouch. 10 times I popped oh. my right one out. And then I had surgery. 
then I tried to make a comeback. I mean, this was a sport I played probably like 10 hours a day. And all I could think about, I wrote mm. um, my goals, uh, what I had to work on on my wall. I mean, every day I woke up, I looked at it. Fumbling is confidence and wondering why the world is passing by. In high school, I came back and then I had hernia surgery, another hernia surgery. Hoping that he's a bed for more than arguments and failed attempts to fly. At that time, I felt like my, I don't know, I wouldn't say purpose, but who I was was kind of like taken away. Mm. But what I realized was those techniques that you learn, like doing everything with the right technique, working hard, you can transfer mm. anything in life. And then you realize really the most important things in life, God, family, that you put those same work ethic that you would in sports, that you would in your spiritual life, in your family life, and your friends. We were meant to live so much more, and we lost ourselves somewhere we live inside, somewhere we live inside. We were meant to live for so much more, and we lost ourselves somewhere we live so, I mean, that whole experience, I think, really shaped who I am. And at the time when it happened, it, it seemed like it was a lost cause of all that hard work I did. But it really just builds, I think, character and who you are and, and what you view most important, I think, is uh, the key. And you got to, whatever's most important in your life, you have to uh, give it all. That's awesome. You have. Drew, fabulous personal testimonial, and I know it is on our Ignite Radio Live somewhere. You were on an episode and shared that great testimony in greater detail. But a shout-out to the CYO organization of our wonderful Diocese of Toledo and all the leaders who have managed that, as long as we've known and even prior to, who put such an emphasis with these athletes on character and virtue, these uh, building blocks of becoming the best version of ourselves, and that sports are awesome, yes, in many regards, but at the heart of it, like you say, Drew, it is those building blocks um, for eternal life. So thanks so much for sharing that. We were meant to live. We were meant to live. Finley's, a struggle that you had in um, childhood that made you a stronger person today. Come out of hiding, you're safe here with me. Hi, okay, so this is Lorna. There's no need to cover what I already see. I struggled in my youth a lot with self-worth. I always felt very alone and isolated and uh, a lot of times angry or hurt, very um, self-centered as far as being focused on my feelings. You've got your reasons, but I hold your peace. There's a variety of things that caused that. You've been on lockdown and I hold the key. But regardless, it was a struggle. Because I loved you before, you knew it was love, and I saw chose the cross and you were the one that I was thinking of when I rose from
from the grave Now rid of the shackles My victory is yours I told them For you to come close There's no reason to stand At a distance anymore You're not far from home And I'll be your lighthouse When you're lost at sea By God's grace I was always drawn to him and I mm. always looked to him in desperate times. No need to be frightened by intimacy. No, just throw off your fear and come running to me. Went through most of my life with that struggle, just having hard feelings of you know, no value and no worth and whatever you do is not good enough. And, And I still struggle with it sometimes, but a few years ago, you get to that point where you're like, maybe rock bottom. You're like, mm -hmm. I just can't take it anymore. Looking to God, have to find a way to fix this. Have to find a way to be okay with this. Mm -hmm. It's funny, I always like, God, help me be okay with this. And God always comes back with, it's not okay. It's not, mm -hmm. you don't, it's not, you don't have to be okay with what the world is dishing out on you. You, this is not okay. What you're feeling is accurate. It made me realize all of that I needed was coming from him. You're not far from home now. Keep on coming. I realized that was what I was being filled with. It, it was easier. And oh, as you run, what hindered love will only become part of the story. And oh, as you run, Now I still struggle with it, but it's it's different. I know the, the voice of the enemy compared to, to, you know, what I think is the truth. I know the truth. It's a beautiful, mm. it's one of those things that was a curse, but also a blessing. It was a big struggle mm. because of that focus on looking to God. I, I feel like I have a little bit of a mission now in my life. I want to teach or my own children or just even people I encounter their value and their worth. They're here for a very specific mm -hmm. reason and there's nobody else in this world that is like you and there will never be and never was before and you're so incredibly powerful and special god created you to to be you as ridiculous or goofy and odd as you are because <laughs> that's what this world is all about Amen. but also in the same term you're incredible and mm, wonderful and, mm. and amazing and so it's just there's so much in this world where we're hurting and we don't feel mm. that way and Anyway, so, Lorna, sorry. thank you so much for sharing so candidly <laughs> yes. and vulnerably the, the contents of your soul. And I say that because every person on this planet experiences to some extent what you shared, but most of us hide behind a smile, a fabricated smile many times. Or in life, we learn to do that. And uh, you shared the battle as, as anybody would see you would regard you as a successful Uh, intelligent, thoughtful person who's got it all together, a wife, a mother of six kids, for our listeners' sake. And uh, here you are, decades later, 
uh, experiencing some of the challenge and fault of your childhood and how it's caused you to really recognize our dependency on Christ. And again, five times a day for the church, the religious, the priests who pray, oh God, come to my assistance. This is a call from the heart to God who is the supply of every need. And if, if, the, if those who are committed to the church in such a beautiful way uh, have to do that, if you will, to re- re- retain some connection to God, how much more for us, lady? But you gave personalization to that just now in your testimony. And uh, there's so much, really, it, it defines a lot of why we're even doing this, to give our kids permission to see that that is not, you know, something, um, a blemish to be hidden entirely. It's the occasion, that need is the occasion to seek Christ, and in particularly in our families. So I encourage anybody who's listening right now, all of us who have insecurities, doubts, these value questions, all of us who are listening right now, depending on the hour of the day, right, that that's why God gives us those closest to us as an occasion to cultivate that intimacy, that trust, that candor. And um, thank you so much for leaning into that. Steve. So, So for me, it was probably the awkward years of junior high where I found myself yeah, kind of on the receiving end of one individual's kind of like focused taunting. I, I don't think it was necessarily bullying. I guess I was maybe an easy target for him as far as um, being the butt of jokes or just uh, getting some laughs. Death and life are truly in the power of the tongue. So be careful of what you say and what you let people speak into your life. Words matter. <laughs> And, and that was a new experience for me at that time. Mm. And uh, it, it left me kind of reeling. And so there were a sure. couple of years there where I, you know, I found myself dreading those times where I'd have to be around that person, you know, whether it be at the bus stop or, you know, after school, you know, waiting for the bus to come, things like that. I know sticks and stones can break bones, but words can crush the spirit from the time that they hear it. So many broken people are breaking broken people. Then broken people continue the story like a sequel. But coming out of that as my, you know, as we got into high school and my confidence started to build again, it left me with a real deep sense of how much what we can do or say, whether we realize it or not, can affect other people. Mm. So I, I was, from that point forward, I became very careful or aware of what I was saying, or if I was making a joke or trying to get a laugh, that it wasn't going to be at the expense of another individual. Let's break the broken system. Let's choose the voice to listen. If you hear me, then you're breathing. Keep believing. See, I believe in you. Great reminder that our words have power. Our words have power. They can be life-giving or quite the opposite. Thank you so much, Steve, for sharing that. Groat Eyes. A difficult thing in your childhood that made you stronger today. Well, my family was pretty poor, uh, mm-hmm. still is pretty poor. And growing up, that was always a challenge. Um, but it was probably one of the greatest blessings of my life because mm-hmm. um, as the oldest child, I knew very acutely that the only way I was ever going to get anything I wanted was if I did it myself. The clumsy start of adolescence probably midway through grade school all the way through high school all the way through college 
um, I really took a hold of my own future, mm-hmm. um, worked really hard, worked at everything I wanted. And it was pretty, I think I was pretty successful for what I did and what I wanted. Mm. Um, and so it really turned out to be just one of the greatest blessings of my life. I'd say with my father, I grew up really admiring him. Again, another real positive aspect of my, of my childhood. Show me who I am and who I could be. Initiate the heart within me till it opens properly. But um, certainly some of the, the issues he had with his father he and I had, and, and I'm sure still have to some degree, which is just, you know, the, the, the com- ability to communicate well, you know, uh, it's very easy as men to be kind of closed up and closed off from each other and stay on the surface. Now try, try, try to breathe till it turns to muscle memory. I'm only steady on my knees One day I'll stand on my own two feet uh, And I also, I think I saw in my childhood just um, the desire to be to, to, to be a man of God and to lead the family, but just how difficult that is, mm-hmm. how difficult it is to take right. territory, how difficult it is to, you know, you can be... Uh, you can have a great ministry. You can have put out a great public front, but how difficult it is to kind of go home and do, mm. you know, the real heroism of leading your family mm. and bearing those burdens, and you know, leaning into the the emotional uh, pain that's involved in just living with other people and 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 you know, kind of bearing their burdens and all that. Show me. And, and so I guess the, then the strength, I feel like I understand that in him. And I feel like on the one hand, I have a real empathy with other men, just how difficult that is. But then, you know, the, the, the good coming out of it is just, you know, wanting to, wanting to get out in front of it, wanting to take it real seriously and, and, and work as hard as I can to, to be a good leader in my family and to help others do the same and to just be for grateful for how hard my parents work for that as well. Many will experience uh, the wisdom of this, but my kids, I know, will express similar things. They've been involved in our ministry, and yet it is a great challenge when we come back under our own roof. And all the more, at least in our home, I I can say, uh, maybe reading between the lines, what a great occasion it is um, to say to my kids, circle them up, and has been in life, hey guys, I have fallen short in these ways. Please pray for me. And um, I want my ceiling to be your floor. 
you know, I, I want you to go even further. I want you to recognize my shortcomings because I don't have, I didn't have a blueprint. I'm trying to improve upon my dad, who's a pretty amazing dad. And uh, I encourage anybody who's listening out there not to stop striving for what God calls us to do because of perhaps the lines that were drawn by our father or leaning into what could be better. And uh, what a great thing if we can do that together and be occasions of encouragement. So thanks so much, John Mark. That was Awesome. We're on a mission. Folks, we're going to go around uh, two more times, but we're going to get a little update, a very short update from each of our couple teams as to how their Live It gathering went this second full week of doing it uh, in earnest. So let's begin with the Waskoviches. To admit it's getting better. You know, uh, Greg, we rocked it. We yeah. awesome, <laughs> pretty jazz. Like we're super busy, uh, so we try to. I'm trying to think when it's either Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening. But uh, we we certainly get through the session before mass. Uh, we get a chance to kind of talk to everybody and, and see where they're at and go through the the guide. I think um, I don't know if we did it the first week, but certainly the second week we talked about. Hey. Um, you know, do you have someone to apologize to? But do you have someone here in the room that you feel owes you an apology? Mm. And that went really well. That uh, I feel like the conversation recently was like, "Well, hey, did you really mean that last night?" I could hear the kids talking about it. <laughs> They're kind of wow. playing. Well, did you just fake it? And like, there's a little bit of laughing, but like, it's not just you know, get in, get out, and you're done. I feel like there's some continuity uh, into week two beyond just the, the gathering. Blazix. Grace Lyons ever, and I was muted the whole time. <laughs> um, hear me now? Okay. Yep, you're uh, good. Yeah, so we met, yeah, we're watching uh, college football together, and we turned it off and uh, did our thing. And um, so last week, it was a struggle with um, Braden, who did not want to do it. And this week, I guess... He was real excited. He goes, Hey, what are we going to do, Dad? And I was like, Well, we're going to do the uh, gathering. He was like, Yay. He got excited wow. about it. Awesome. I would say, you know, he was really good. I mean, he was answering the questions, want to know. Um, then we had, you know, Cole, he's four, and he kind of started to uh, get a little goofy, I would say. And, um, but I mean, all in all, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, just the questions going around and the apologizing part, that was uh, pretty good too. And, um, awesome. and just see, yeah, I, th- I think the transformation, the change in Braden, from last week to this week was, was a great uh, That's success. Awesome. That's awesome. Finley's. So we had ours split into two different days trying to uh, make a use of, we had a snow day. So there was an opportunity of some unexpected time that day. And we Yay. thought, Oh, this is, this is great. Yeah. And the day was wonderful. Um, the second time was a bit better. It was our usual Saturday and we still had the, teenage attitude in, in full force but but all of all of our children were able to be there all six of our kids because lucas was home from school great and so for me of course that makes it wonderful because everybody's present keep on pushing make it useful do what you have to do So, but it, it, yeah, so it was just a wonderful time. It, you know, was nice how it ended up. Even with teenage attitude or 
uh, young person attitude. <laughs> but in particular, I'm speaking to teenage attitude. It's a particular attitude. kind of attitude. It is a particular kind of attitude. Primitive, As, stone um, age. a former teacher in a brick-and-mortar school many moons ago, and certainly even moments with our own children under our roof, be encouraged that you do not know what's going on mm-hmm. underneath the hood. Mm-hmm. You know, true. they there's so much that the Lord is doing and stirring inside of them that there's no way in heck they're going to let you see in that moment, perhaps. Um, but just be encouraged and know that that grace is at work. So carry on. Um, Grodeyes, how did your week go? To admit it's getting better. It went pretty well. Again, the the apologies uh, are are definitely a, f- a fan favorite. Um, we did have a couple this week of a couple um, <laughs> people trying to remind others, you know, with some wink, wink, and nod, nods about <laughs> things they thought they ought to be apologized to for. I love it. <laughs> uh, but again, it went it went uh, better this week. I think we're also finding just you know throughout the week, the you know it's just becoming a bit more natural to to bring up a fun question um, or, you know, or a more serious question at the dinner table and for the, the conversation to happen and to have um, one of the little girls, you know, asking, um, you know, is it discussion night, you know, or, or saying it's discussion night. No, that discussion night was last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah, it was good. Wonderful. So folks, we're going to go around one more time, but I want to set the stage a little bit by uh, inviting us to consider the ways in which our enemy is active. We can read the papers, we can uh, tune in to, uh, at work or at school, and um, how do we defeat the enemy would be a good question, right? If we're one to be aware that the enemy is active, and certainly some of it is our own vices, and we bring something to that, but to name it, to identify it, ask the question, how do we battle this? Well, Revelations 12.11, very clearly, they defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, which is the Holy Mass, the grace poured out. So in that respect, the victory's already been declared. It's already been accomplished. So we know, don't fight for victory, but from victory. They defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The importance of declaring God's grace alive in our marriages and families literally is a way to defeat the enemy, to get the atmosphere and the fog that may surround us to change and for those clouds to open and for his glory to come in. So that's what we're going to go around right now and do. We're going to invite each of the um, couples to share very briefly just one distinct story of how they or how they saw an impact from the lit group from this past week. Let's begin with the Waskoviches. You just like to say their name. I do. Waskovich. Well, an impact that is uh, made, you know, a big thing for my family and my extended family is that um, I have a problem with uh, one of my siblings and it's been kind of ongoing and uh, I've been bringing it up, um, you know, at the end of something I need to work on. And Mm. so I I leaned into it and uh, I went out and had coffee with the sibling and we had a really honest conversation. Mm. And um, 
And I think things are going to be better and we're just going to um, enjoy, you know, each other more and enjoy the holidays as a family. So huge smile on my face. Glory to God in the highest. This is exactly what uh, he came on this into this world to do, to see those clouds dispel by your initiative and your humility. And uh, anybody who's listening right now, I know the story in a little bit of a fuller way. Any of us who have struggles with family members, and we all do. And we're approaching Thanksgiving, so we know the people we're thinking of and the ways in which we do. I can give testimony to Janine's uh, action here and just say she humbled herself. She prayed for the heart of God for this uh, family member of hers, and she initiated. And in spite of some real contrasting differences in views, she uh, was there to listen and to love and to convey that desire for relationship and love. So I encourage all of you to maybe pray about that for one person and to have this victory yourself that a week from now, or two weeks from now, you'll be able to declare this victory. And I love the, you know, you said just sharing the challenge at the end or what you're going to lean into or, um, and what an awesome context that this family gathering gives to us because how often Mm. do we, you know, say we're going to do something or I should do this or I should make this phone call or I should work this out or whatever, but especially when it's our family who holds us to accountability to really take that step, you know, that's where the rubber hits the road and just that extra bit sometimes of something that we need to really put, you know, our money where our mouth is. There we go, Mike. Again, your wife setting the bar in outer space, but uh, you get to follow. Go ahead. Well, it's probably not good enough to say I was there, you know, to support her. <laughs> You're a good helpmate. You're a yeah, good soulmate. I like to do that, so that actually wasn't hard. Um, you know, I actually joined the local chapter of Knights of Columbus. I had that in the works the last few months and awesome. they actually lowered, lowered their standard. The, <laughs> the grand person said, okay, like, that's fine. I guess we'll yeah. let them in. <laughs> We're low on and, measures. Uh, I see all these old dudes just giving of themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're working donut Sunday. They're going to the veterans home, pushing wheelchair, uh, veterans down to mass. They're, they're just doing a ton. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do that. So uh, I was able to uh, go to mass with the veterans uh, about a week ago, mm-hmm. um, helped That's out awesome. with a food drive at the local grocery store. I'm actually running the uh, Christmas with Santa uh, that'll come up here next month. So very quickly. So, you know, there is more than enough need out there. I figured I, I could do my small part and uh, while I was trying to have some fun and still walk in Janine Chatta. Admit it, Mike. After saying that Braveheart was your favorite movie, you were hoping to get the sword. Come on, fess up. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We know. We have your number. Your lightsaber, at least. You guys you guys know me well. That's awesome. Blazix. Uh, I, I would say, um, go back to uh, almost what I said before, just with, I felt like that first week when we did it, and, um, you know, it was tough on, you know, at the beginning with Brayden, and then when we apologized and said stuff, I felt like the whole week that um, Bray- Brayden's been more open or, uh, I mean, he's still getting trouble here and there, so it's not like perfect, <laughs> but it's just more, he wants to spend more time, just, uh, you get to see it in his eyes, mm. and uh, um, I-, I think it's directly impacted just from just being open during those those discussion sessions. Awesome. Folks, go back to episode two last week where Drew shares the story of how he and his wife, Jesse, brilliantly 
were attuned to their son Brayden's um, not being involved initially in fighting and battling, being involved with the Livet Gathering. And I'll just peek your interest and say go back and listen to how they dealt with it because I think it was masterful and awesome. Jesse, I had a more difficult time with the eight-year-old and four-year-old mm-hmm. and um, which is fine mm-hmm. because we're all they're all figuring it out um, as we are too. So when I when I brought up today that they needed to get we were a little bit late on getting them to bed. And so I was telling our eight-year-old, I said, you know, we really got to get you guys to bed because we're going to be talking to other families who are also doing, you know, our family group, our family lit night that we've been doing on Saturdays. We're going to be talking with the Schleters about it and sharing our experience with it. And Avery looked at me like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be talking about what just happened. And I think through her brain, she was like, I don't think mom's going to say very positive things about how <laughs> I interacted during that group. And to hear the Schleter's name in that conversation thinking, wait a second, I think I need to get it in check because that is, not, I mean, it was just, it was just like a remorse look oh, in her face of like, wait. And so then she said, well, and I said, so there are other people that are trying to do this and we're trying to do it so then we can share with other families the positive things that are going on and the sometimes that are more difficult and we want it to be positive for our family. And so that's why we really need to, you know, focus on each other while we're having this group and while we're talking to each other and being respectful and her face was Mm. just like, hold on a second. You're talking to other people and there's other people that are doing this. (laughs) So I think it was, I think that it was good to say something to her about what we're also doing on our end and then to have her know that we're not the only family doing it so it's Mm. not like we're this these crazy people that are sitting down and asking them what a challenge is and having to explain what a challenge is every week to our little ones but that other people are doing it and so I think I am very hopeful and prayerful that next week we will just all be on the same page and it will be this beautiful family gathering inside our home. And so we can only get better. <laughs> That's awesome. I love Wonderful. the realness of it. And Avery, what a little doll she is. The full package. Love her. That's <laughs> the great. The full package overall. That's great. <laughs> That's great, though. Just to have that discussion is so powerful. Great job, Blazix. Mm-hmm. And now we move to the Finleys. Share a blessing from your gathering. So I mentioned before um, how we have the teenage attitude in full force at times in our home. Um, you know, those same teenagers also, they contribute, like you said, they'll contribute these profound things. I'll, I'll come over and, you know, we'll say something. And one second, I'm like, you know, my hands are over my head and I'm just sort of like, oh boy. And then I'm like, how, how did that right come out, you know, how did this profound moment of insight just, just happen? But um, I think that for me is a beautiful thing to witness is Mm -hmm. the children as they um, get used to the routine, they even more especially like to have control in the conversation to kind of lead the, uh, the gathering in general, Um, but also how they witness to each other and hold each other accountable 
um, with our son Lucas present this week, um, my the younger girls, Aaron and Emma, adore him. And when he's present, Emma, the five year old, she's she he is his, her jungle gym. He Aww. just she won't she won't get off of him, and she just loves him dearly. And he he is more than accommodating. He just <laughs> indulges and lets her, you know be all, all over him the whole time and and also supporting her in what her you know what she was gonna say or or not say you know and just things things like that and then of course Anna's often good with the the boys the the, the teenage boys she'll kind of call them out and mm. be like <laughs> so it's just beautiful to see their relationships That's growing awesome. and um the support that they give each other and just you know even throughout the day I mentioned the day was filled with our family having the opportunity just to spend the day kind of, it was a busy day because we had events to go to and things, but it was just time together to just enjoy each other. And, uh, and it was just, it, it's starting with that lit group gathering for us, the family gathering, the theme was set, you know, mm -hmm. it was just a beautiful mm -hmm. way to spend the day. And, uh, beautiful. So as you were speaking, Lorna, the image of a diamond came to mind and it's different facets that together cause just the beauty of the light hitting it the right way. So white light, you know, Christ, purity, white light, and each of us cause it to be all sparkly. And the moment you were speaking and I thought of that stuff, had turned her hand of her wedding ring just so that caused it to uh, sparkle, if you will. And that's what I, I, I hear you giving great testimony to is the sparkle that comes from the facets that are all of your children that all together image the Trinity. Each of you mutually with your own gifts and challenges and struggles, but together finding that way that you fit in. And that is just glorious. That's wonderful. Esteban, otherwise known as Steve. I think the impactful moment for me was um, during apologies on Saturday, um, you know, I, I think I have a tendency to put a lot of expectations on my younger teenage boys. And, uh, so sometimes I, I can end up really riding their case about different mm -hmm. things. And I feel bad about that. I, yep. I catch on to it usually after the fact, but, um, with Lucas home, it, it was funny because being the oldest boy, <laughs> he started to develop that same tendency. But what most impressed me was he realized it too. And during apologies, he apologized to mm. uh, one of the younger boys for, you know, giving him a hard time about stuff. And then that kind of just prompted me like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, and, and to just try and, you know, let them know that. Because like you said, Stephanie, you never know what's really going on mm, under the hood. Right. And so many times, you know, I think there's a tendency to want to overreact or overemphasize something because you don't perceive a reaction, mm -hmm. you know, on their part. So, you know, that was just an opportunity to say, hey, look, you know, I'm sorry if I overreact on these things, mm. um, but it's because I love you and, you know, I'll try and be more aware of things. Going awesome. Forward. Steve, what I love about that is that developmental stage when they've navigated through the teen years or at the end of it, and they're kind of making decisions on their own in college, there emerges a father-son manly mutuality, and there's a click. There's kind of a click that takes place with those older sons 
uh, of re- maybe recalling when we were when they were younger and we were giving that instruction and now they have that mind they've got that wisdom they've got that maturity and in, my, in our home our two eldest out of the house or two oldest boys out of the house and uh, they they give me that gift of manly mutuality and I get to see them kind of grow and mature in that so I'm glad you're sharing that and also for you know our listening audience those along the road trip for those with older sons the journey does not end uh, the beauty that it, there's a there's a maturation that takes place place and thank you for giving witness to that great eyes we'd love to hear an impactful moment from your gathering well for me um it was just noticing over the course of a week um between the two that we've done um that my heart has really softened towards my children Mm. um i've kind of moved from being frantically busy to not quite as frantically busy, but like having little moments where I'm like thinking of these kids who were so desperate for mommy to remember what to apologize for during the lip thing. And it it really has helped me just kind of stop in a few moments during the day and give them, you know, extra looks in the eyes or Mm. good job for that thing you're trying to show me right now. Beautiful. (laughs) That has no consequence in my mind. That's awesome. But it probably means the world to them. Right. (laughs) And you declared week one, uh, one way you wanted to grow was tenderness. So for those who weren't listening to episode one, how awesome (laughs) to see these things emerge and to be blessed by it. And, And again, those who are listening, the value of declaring, stating aloud, your family becomes a saint making machine, a saint making context, because they hear you say it. And they pray for you with it, number one. Number two, they're merciful in maybe ways that we struggle. But thirdly, we're held accountable. You know, when we're meeting regularly like this with the flag in the sand, we want to keep saying, you know, I'm, I, you know the, abs- the opposite of, of the thing that we want to grow in. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I love the eyeball to eyeball comment because regardless of the ages of our children, how important that is and just that it still needs to be a choice, unfortunately, in the craziness of life and whatever's going on. Just a reminder, and thank you for that reminder, Teresa, how important that is. Just that, you know, straight look in the eye to receive something, to, you know, connect verbally or whatever that need is there. There's nothing uh, greater that we can give to our children. It's awesome. Thank you. John Mark. The discussion time, as we're calling it, going a little smoothly overall, I think, you know, everyone just seeing it now as a part of of life. And so both from our perspective and the kids, it's just kind of taking shape as a routine, as a, you know, as a planned activity. But more specifically, you know, the, the readings this week had some some powerful and sort of unsettling imagery, mm, sure. um, you know, I think a uh, at least the first reading in the gospel, you know, had some sort of apocalyptic sort of tones and themes to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I know during the discussion itself, so Dominic, who's our eldest, uh, you know, when we first started out, it was, it, it was easy for him to kind of have some attitude about the discussions or just kind of wanting to be, wanting to get through and get it done, you know, definitely having his mind on other things. But he's always been, you know, uh, our thinker. He's always been, been the one asking difficult questions you know the one become crying in church you know when he was you know four or five and asking wait is teddy going to heaven with me you know things like that he's (laughs) thinking about these things when we least expect him to really be thinking it doesn't seem like he is but he is and so to have that opportunity he he mentioned 
during the, the initial discussion, I can't remember what his words were, but he but he asked about, you know, the, the sort of the, the apocalyptic end times uh, fiery imagery mm. in the first reading of the fire. And then, of course, of Christ talking about persecutions and handing over and betrayal and stuff in the gospel. He, I can't remember what he said, but he asked about that during the discussion itself. And then the next day, uh, because some kids had been sick, Teresa and I split masses and I took him to mass. And when he heard that reading, the first reading again, the second time, again, having heard it in the lit, the lit discussion, uh, he, he leaned over and whispered, whispered <laughs> to me during the mass. Um, uh, he asked... Daddy, am I proud and an evildoer? Oh. <laughs> you know, because the, the first line of that is, Lo, right. the day is coming blazing like an oven when all around all proud and evildoers will right. be stubble. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to be and, stubble. You know, and in that moment, of course, like, I mean, it was during the reading, so I wasn't going to interrupt and give a long, you know, soliloquy about it. But I, you know, and it's the thing when those questions come up, on the one hand, you know, it's easy to just don't jump in and explain it all the way. Oh, no, everything, we're, we're good people. We're mm-hmm. all fine. It's all fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, but to you know to to let the, the gospel be challenging, to let the readings mm-hmm. be challenging. And so in that moment, the best I could think to do is just to give him a big smile and a hug, and then just to re- redirect him back to listening to the readings, and, and we'll talk awesome. about it later. But anyway, it got him thinking, uh-huh. and that was good. And he asked a good question. And that's such a powerful thing that we can all do is when we pray over the um, scripture readings together kids tend to pay more attention also. Adults do too. We do too. You know, when we've read it and talked about it and then to go into mass and your ears are already perked up, you know, those are somewhat familiar words again of recent day. So folks, Jesus was speaking by and large to a very pious religious class that far surpasses our religious, even the most religious among us understanding. It permeated every aspect of their lives. So it's worth having the heart of a child, the heart of a Dominic. How awesome the name Dominic, that Latin root dome, literally means Lord, to have dominion over us, to dominate. It's one and the same with Lord, this little, well, younger child who's attuned to the gospel in a way that we ought to be. Maybe we ought to look at these Gospels and be mindful that Jesus is speaking to us. We shouldn't presume because we go to Mass or pray the Rosary or have some ethics. Uh, there's a, there's a, maybe a temptation for us to shield ourselves from the joy and delight from being challenged. And that your son brought that to you, I think, is just truly amazing. That was awesome. Folks are along the ride with us in the Family Road Trip podcast here. We're at the third stop of seven stops and so excited that you're with us. We do encourage you this week, if you haven't done this yet, receive the gift of God more fully alive in your marriage and family. We know you're going to have to press past the awkwardness, perhaps, to bring your family together, to set aside the devices and the gadgets and whatever your discretionary time looks like in the evening. But maybe, you know, 
forecast a time that really works and say, hey guys, let's get together for 45 minutes because these families are just as busy as ours and they're talking about these great things that are happening in their homes. And you know, I'm just as awkward as you guys are too. So let's just bring it together. Let's answer some of these questions and let's see what God does with this. That's what it's all about. And we're so glad that you all are with us, getting very close to the beginning of Advent, the end of the church here, the beginning of the new church here. And uh, let's just continue to lift up one another in prayer to receive the grace outpour. God is pouring it out into our marriages and families. He is the supply of our need. Maybe that's the powerful message that I heard throughout tonight, that we all have our needs. We all have our, our poverty. But God is the provision. So bring that poverty to him who is our provision. Let's together receive it and bring ourselves together to verbalize it. For the glory of his name, through Christ our Lord. Thanks so much for being with us. Until next time. God bless us, everyone. Christmas Eve will find me Where the love light gleams I'll be home for Christmas If only in my dreams The great feast of our Lord's birth is not far away. When we get to that day, can you think of anything greater than God's love more fully alive in your marriage and family? Join us in choosing to receive that unsurpassed gift right now. Presents for Christmas is a seven-week adventure into the very heart of Christ's Mass. Find out more and join us now at PresenceForChristmas.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E-F-O-R-Christmas.com. You know, Mass Impact and Ignite has been going across the Northwest Ohio now for, for months, and, and thousands of people, literally thousands of people in our diocese have experienced that love. We believe that he said what he meant and meant what he said when he proclaimed that his body is real food and his blood is real drink. Simply put, Mass Impact is a nonprofit movement seeking the heart of God in the very heart of his Catholic Church. Uh, people just keep kept coming and coming. Not just in a moment, but, but to surrender their entire lives. We desire our hearts to be moved by what moves His. And to see that happening monthly. We are responding to an urgent call at an urgent time. The recent Popes, John Paul said, now's the time. This is the moment. We are taking big steps in faith throughout our diocese and beyond. I want to buckle my chin strap and take the field. And we are seeing tremendous growth. I mean, I'm just roused and emboldened to mission, to do something. We cannot do it alone. We need you, right now. Please partner with us. Go to massimpact.us right now and click on the Contribute tab. If you and I respond in faith right now, we will see souls in heaven who would not have been there had we said no. It was nothing short of amazing. Does it have that same kind of effect on you? Please go to massimpact.us and contribute. It's time to move.